But I think once you quit hearing sir and ma'am, rest is soon to follow. Oh, it's the tide. It's the dismal tide. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the dismal tide. Uh, Mike, I'm going to let you take it from here, frankly. It's season three of the dismal tide. Oh, I didn't know that season two ended. Well, we had three weeks off. And uh, if that wasn't some indication... And look, is it because I was busy doing uh, going to parties and Brendan was also going to some of those parties Brendan went to with me? Yes, that, we, that we was have, part, a big part of the reason. Yeah, that that's a big part of the reason. And uh, and and now we had three weeks in a row and that seems like as good of a time as any to call it season three. Is anything different? Is there a different theme song? Uh, or will we ever have a guest you're not already intimately familiar with? No. I was told it was White Boy Summer. I won't be apologizing to anyone. But we got to to mark the passage of time. It's important that we know that this is season three. And for <laughs> our big season opener, Liam is back. Hi, Liam this Green. Time he's he is not in a hotel room this time. Thank God. Wow. <laughs> Liam Green of the illegal screen. We should say we should give his whole resume here. Thank you. He's, um, he's I'm in not his in own a hotel home. room. Yeah. So and my house doesn't smell like shit. Yeah, there's a massive plumbing accident. Speak yeah. for yourself. <laughs> uh, guys, and you know, I didn't really I wanted to share something with you guys to maybe get this season off to the right start. Um, so if you guys would just like make sure Zoom's on the front of your computer, we're going to watch a little something together. All right. OK. All right. Hugh Jackman is one of the most charming people in Hollywood. And the best part about his style of charisma is that once you get it down, it's effortless. Specifically, Hugh has six habits that make him charming to almost anyone he meets. Once you learn a few of these habits, you can go into any conversation with confidence, knowing you'll find it easy to make people smile, laugh, and love being around you. My hunch is you get this a lot. Just seeing your face has lifted my spirit. Look at that. I hate, I hate that guy. sense of self lifts you around you. No, James. I was we about to say. We have natural charm when we're no, comfortable, I, I, but we lose these situations fine. where we feel like we're being judged and need to impress, like in a job interview, a first date, or when meeting a new group of people. So the now, Mike, I notice you're just like laughing now, but I, I, I just want to let you know that when they get nervous. into this part, I really need you paying attention because we're not going to okay. fuck up like the, you do again. The Hugh Jackman guide to crushing pussy. I think you should sit down in the chair and say, you know, I think the character would stand, and so it wasn't just. You've got all the power and I'm trying to please you, but rather we're trying to work together. So for instance, <laughs> if you find yourself entering a date or an interview feeling pressure to perform or impress, make sure you find time to ask questions designed to see if you like them too. This will reframe the situation in your mind and give you more confidence. Is this supposed to Another be like... that helps you tremendously is that he's helpful? doing something he loves. No, in it's like way, the normie content stage, that gets people sucked into PUA hate groups. <laughs> Yeah. Most people screw this up when they're making plans with someone for this the is like the, because they the, try to plan something they think will the frosting. Instead, make this guy made this July 27th of last year. I'm watching this before I'm watching this before going to a, a Six Sigma conference. <laughs> it's really funny how how many clips they have of him doing Kate and Leopold, which is it's like a movie about a guy 300 years out of place. <laughs> I've seen it. I have not. It's not good. It's, it's quite bad. 
to run at their 85% capacity. But the, um, faster than if you tell them the HBO run. movie from uh, uh, a few months back, uh, Bad Education, that they keep showing clips well from, at the the, when he was the principal at that high school He's that just stole uh, all of that money. Positive. That Simply was my uh, my my ex girlfriend's high school. She went there. Because she... he makes them <laughs> have fun and feel good about themselves. And you, can I think that was a couple years before her. If you can but uh, but she this she's aware of all the people. Your first goal in social situations should be to have fun yourself. Hugh applies this even in high wow. stakes situations like that, hosting the Oscars. Um, when I hosted the Oscars, that, that movie was, also has like, um, oh, man, a fantastic scene like where Alice and Janney is making margaritas in a blender. Just and remember, making very funny uh, expression. And, uh, the Oscars have uh, some fun. I need a clip of just that. And I haven't found it. I'm sure it exists. Does it top the bit from Once Upon a Time in Hollywood when it was like, at around midnight, a completely drunk Rick Dalton was making a pitcher of frozen margaritas? I really love that movie. I'm going to pause this now. That... Uh, I also love that movie. I know that people are I just like, too. oh, this is bo uh, this is boring. This is uh, uh, this is mostly just guys hanging out and just like, yeah, yeah, that's that's I, the, it's yeah, it's that's, dudes rock the movie. Like everyone's already made that joke, but it's still true. Yeah, it's like they had to make it so that Brad Pitt's character like had something horrible in his past because otherwise he's the coolest guy that ever lived. Like you would have yeah. no conflict about his character whatsoever. Like, I mean in the end like it's clear that you're still supposed to like him even though he killed his wife but like they had to put something in there because they're just like just like this the whole movie can't just be about how cool this guy is <laughs> yeah there's gotta be some conflict yeah there's gotta yeah. be something about him that didn't work out <laughs> i don't feel like they would have done that like in a movie 40 years ago he would have just been fucking cool as hell that's why everybody still loves uh the man on the poster behind me steve mcqueen he's just cool oh yeah I just watched a Steve McQueen movie last night. I watched The Getaway. I'm a big Cincinnati Kid fan. I haven't seen that one. Getaway was a little disappointing, but only because I love the book it's based on, and I have really high peck and paw standards. Um, it's a Sam Peck and Paw movie, and like Thank all of his other shit, I really love, like The Wild Bunch and uh, Bring Me the Head of Alfredo Garcia. In fact, that's what the next legal screen episode will be about. Sneak peek. But um, I gotta, yeah, I gotta watch so, it in time. So it just it was okay. Not 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 one of my favorites. But McQueen is great in it. He's got all the everything you expect. He's he rocks. Uh, Steve McQueen is pretty perfect. He's pretty great. Can't he should have been it. the Godfather. Uh, just start cat. Just start recasting every movie to piss people off. Uh, <laughs> I know that he went out for uh, for Michael, but it would have been weird. Everything uh, worked out all right with The Godfather, I think. Yeah. History, history yeah. has looked back fondly <laughs> on The Godfather. I, I would say yes. <laughs> the uh, The Cincinnati Kid is one of the the all time great gambling movies. It came out in the '60s, right, so, right. so most people now aren't aren't super aware of it. But I went on a big during the pandemic. Uh, just trying to figure out what the best gambling movie was for a little while. Ooh, um, and that's, that's definitely up there. It's definitely up there. I I mean, I think the best gambling movie is Rounders. I like Rounders. It's uh, it's it's the best movie about gambling. Like it's you know the, like the the Cincinnati Kid is good, but it doesn't really stand up that well anymore. Um, the, there's uh, a lot of good movies with good gambling scenes in it that aren't gambling movies, but like yeah. movies about gambling, yeah, that's uh, interesting. It's harder. I, 
I just watched uh, House of Games the other night. The yeah. uh, 1987 David Mamet movie. Yep. And that has a great poker scene in it, which without giving too much away, uh, uh, then pulls back the curtain on uh, all sorts of other scams. <laughs> that Yeah. Um, and the, the whole movie is just about running scams. And I kind of wish it was just like six hours of different scams. <laughs> I, I said I, I would like to see it as a TV show. Um, and it's also a, uh, a, an important entry in the good for her canon. So, um, <laughs> yeah. so, so I can say that knowing how the movie ends. <laughs> so, um, uh, absolutely. Yeah. I, I like, like many others, I, uh, when, uh, the other day, I think would have been, uh, Anthony Bourdain's birthday. So someone posted the list of criterion, uh, like that criterion did an interview with him and asked him his 10 favorite movies that are available. Oh no! This is once per episode, and uh, and that was on there, and I was like, "This sounds cool," so uh, and I checked it out. And you know what? It was that. That's in, like the the question of gambling movie versus movie that has gambling in it is an interesting, interesting twist because like. I'm glad French... I could put this on your plate because when you talk about movies on the illegal screen. I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. 80% of the time. <laughs> Oops. You'd be like, and then this movie reminded me, this movie that Brendan hasn't seen also reminds me a lot of this other movie Brendan hasn't seen, which really got to, heavily influenced a... third oh, film fuck. that Brendan hasn't seen. Oh, God. <laughs> I was literally about to cite a French noir movie. <laughs> yeah, which Bo one? <laughs> Bob Le Flambeur. Maybe I've Bob, seen it. Bob the Gambler. It is no. the basis for Ocean's, <laughs> it is the basis for Ocean's Eleven. It's true. See, which, that, which uh, Ocean's Eleven was it the basis for? Well, the not. See, I got. I don't think, well, no, I, I don't think. Ringer. Yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> Jesus. That was also a rounders quote. <laughs> I think, by the way, I think it would be a good bit. I think, I think it's someone... probably more. Uh, um, it probably meant more to Scorsese than it. Uh, fuck, not Scorsese. Soderbergh, who made Ocean's Eleven, than it did to whatever journeyman the Rat Pack guys hired to do the first Ocean's Eleven. But yeah, it's very similar scheme, like aging crook, uh, desperate but still cool finds a way to make one last big ass heist at a casino. It's very good. It's a lot of fun. Not too dark. Um, well, it's, uh, I'm it's, all about having fun. I got to tell you, I love to crack wise in my friend. I love to crack wise. I love the, uh, the, the, it's, it's funny that the, the guys who did rounders, uh, they now run the show billions. And it's funny it that rounders sucks was so good because I don't, the, know. I, I don't think billions sucks but their poker think, scene sucked I, ass I, it was I think really bad billions is so cool it's not a good show but it's like it's 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 the sort of stupid fun that i wanted out of out of uh uh ballers and the ballers ended up being just this uh tedious slog um somebody called it uh like smarter 
Sons of Anarchy. Sons that of was Anarchy. On, was, that was it. Was no, it was on Chapo. They said it was Sons. Uh, of, was they it, said yeah. they said it was for it was Sons of Anarchy for people who wear quarters and fleeces. Um, <laughs> Which but, I would argue is also Sons of Anarchy, but it's definitely <laughs> Sons of Anarchy. It's, they, they, Anarchy. they said it was, um, and, and I know they were breaking a golden rule of the show, which is not uh, just quote Chapo directly. <laughs> like, but um, but no, they said it, it's uh, if billions is if if the deals on Sons of Anarchy weren't big enough for you, they do bigger deals. <laughs> yeah, I was um, right. I remember this now. Yeah, the but, deals uh, on Sons of Anarchy are like six no, grand. <laughs> Bill- billions is so funny. There's no other show that would also have Metallica in it like that, where they play themselves. Um, and and a hedge fund guy consults James Hetfield for advice. I want to die. I didn't know that that was a thing that existed. He's a little frozen I would love there. To see that on, um, uh, you want to see my death on the show Billions? That that's what you're saying. I mean, we'll see. I could get famous enough. The only difference between suicide and martyrdom is press coverage. Did what? What? Uh, I was gonna say. I was trying to think of what the good show is now, but I genuinely I don't actually know. Like, what's the, what's what's the prestige uh, show that that everyone likes? That is, it's uh, the Marvel yeah, shows but- now, buddy. It's Ooh, mayor of it's mayor of East Town. Mayor of East Town. Perhaps they, mayor of East even Town. then, mayor of East I think Town. It's they went back wouldn't... to the Sopranos. They... Well, yeah, I mean <laughs> that's that's been the old show of the moment for a no, while. No, but like the last like year and a half, it's like really, really come back in a huge yeah. way. Like, no, it's because are... Zoomers are finding out about it. In any case, shit. I'm saying on Mayor of East Town, they don't have the fucking balls to bring Metallica <laughs> onto that show, and you get that on Billions. You know, uh, you yeah. Kate Winslet would kick James Hetfield in the fucking balls and laugh about it, sir. Yeah, he's in no condition at this point. But uh, also, what? <laughs> Not uh, even sure that'd be a bad thing. You think they'd have Metallica it on? Be. It would you think, rule. You think they'd have Metallica on Euphoria? <laughs> no, oh. they'd be worried about uh, violations of the Man Act. <laughs> <laughs> the, I've. I don't know. I, I I I don't. I've I've never seen this. I've never seen a second. I I I'm 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 unaware of what happens on that show. It gets talked about a lot. Um, Children have sex. Oh, on Mayor of Easttown. Teenagers. Oh, it's like it's like it's like undressed. If you remember that on MTV uh, twenty years ago, I do. Um, Yeah, it's it's like the actual like. Undressed but was we the, millenni- also have the millennial version of undressed. The, the millennial euphoria. I'm aware, <laughs> uh, but I know uh, no drugs. No, no. I, 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 yeah. I'm aware. No dysmorphia issues. The, there was stuff. a uh, there was a trending topic uh, on on Twitter the other day where uh, Sydney Sweeney was trending because apparently haters were uh, talking about uh, how she is ugly. And I uh, hate and, and 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 she has to like put out some statement about how uh, about how like she's like proud to be who she is and just like, like I, and it's one of those places that I can't believe the the discourse goes and then that there's like some reporting on this and just like haters are going after the looks <laughs> of Sydney Sweeney who I, is I, who is gen- extremely hot by the way yeah I, I generally <laughs> hate be haters mentioned. you know but. Who is Sydney Sweeney? Should I know this? The uh, the bimbo hot girl in Euphoria. Oh, okay. I I think I watched the Euphoria pilot. Like, I haven't seen it, 
any of it. What? It's on my list. I keep meaning to it, but then like, hey, when those kids turn enough, eighteen, I'll watch old, it. But until another, then, <laughs> I'm pretty sure <laughs> for many legal reasons that all the <laughs> cast are of age. But geez. still weird. <laughs> that, uh, Talking about violations of the Man Act. Yeah, shit. it's like in <laughs> uh, in Once Upon a Time. Uh, that's uh, the uh, the. Uh, well, a- Andy McDowell's daughter, whose name I've forgotten, who's also in my other favorite cool guys being cool in Los Angeles movie, The Nice Guys. They're going to um, say the leftovers. Wait, whose daughter is that? That show takes place in Texas. Isn't it? Is it Andy McDowell's daughter? The blonde girl? It is. No. I know who you're talking about. N- no, the, the, uh, the, the, the hitchhiker. Ow. Jeanette Qualley. That's the one. Um, no, Margaret. Qualley. Margaret Qualley. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but um, uh, but when Brad Pitt accuses her of being underage, but in, in reality, Brendan, so you can sleep at night. She's like 25 years old. I sleep just fine. I just want to make sure that, you know, so that you don't call the fucking police in a, in a panic. That, that <laughs> you myself. Don't, that, that you don't. Yeah. That, that you were. That you, yeah. That you self cancel for pedophilia. Because, uh, because because you thought you the twenty five because you thought this twenty five year old woman show. who was hot who claimed to be seventeen <laughs> <laughs> in character. You see your feet up there. <laughs> Put me in iron. You go. You sacrifice yourself to the QAnon sham, uh, shaman because you <laughs> thought the twenty five year old Margaret Qualley was attractive. <laughs> I'm just trying to keep it above board. <laughs> We are really dragging it down, yeah. You guys want to watch more of that Mel Gibson video? Come on. Oh, you Jackson. You Jackson. Jackman. (laughs) 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 They're all the same. I'm white. I can say that. It's fine. (laughs) It's okay. Yeah, we're talking about... We're talking about white people. We're talking... I called him Hugh Jackson. <laughs> yeah, bring, bring, yeah, bring it back up. Actually, hang on. I'm gonna while while we've hit a lull, while you pull it back up, I'm uh, gonna go piss real quick. All right. Uh, oh no! We're not going back to that. We'll use it a different time. <laughs> <laughs> oh no so uh nothing happened and you guys didn't sense a single thing wrong but we just watched about 20 minutes of the worst videos that i could ever ask anyone to watch and i forgot to return us from the break i had the recording paused after mike had to use the restroom and uh we just started watching videos and never i would i would just go ahead and tell you this never pause it yeah, no, uh, I don't. Whenever, whenever someone, <laughs> I run a tight ship here, someone... and uh, <laughs> maybe a little too tight. All right. Well, well now we I'm know. Gonna, well, here I have something to. Uh, uh, yeah, we just don't. I, I got a. I got a. I breaks. I posted a link in the in the in the group chat for everyone. To, I could have screenshotted it, and then we wouldn't have to click a link. But this this I think that this headline is is a funny prompt. I enjoy this. Okay. 
You can't keep leading with she's hot if you're trying to do this. Bella Hadid, well, re- Don's re- barely there in Paris, Paris after recent anti-Semitic backlash. <laughs> <laughs> Bella Hadid, Don's barely there top in Paris after recent anti-Semitic backlash. <laughs> you, can you believe what this woman said about Jews? And let me tell you something. Did you see her? Because damn. <laughs> that's that. That's Showed that, off her toned waist in a Murdoch, barely there man. top. That's, that's look. That's classic it, Murdoch it, shit. That's like in his lessons. Oh, is it's to a do shame shit like that. that. Yeah, it's the, <laughs> that's that the culmination of of decades of work that finally uh, finally got uh, got us here. This is the, the perfect true, true. The, the the perfect uh, headline. <laughs> I can't believe I had that recording paused. Well, what did what did we miss <laughs> to, to recap? We we missed the rest of the the uh, the Hugh Jackman thing. We missed yeah. the second quarter of the Hugh Jackman Jackman thing, and then uh, a bunch of Chuck we, uh, Charles Barkley impersonators. Yeah, yeah. And then oh, we complained we watched, about inside the NBA. Arguably, yeah. we missed nothing. Yeah, that's fair. I don't I don't really have a problem with saying that. But now where do we go? Because now we watched uh, we've 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 watched all the videos we were going to watch. Um, hmm. I feel like I have set myself up pretty nicely as um, Mike Whalen's nemesis in fantasy leagues. Now I think I've done it. <laughs> he won fantasy right, basketball, like but he knows he knows I had the one seed in the regular season. I did. If the season, if it was a, like a soccer season, I win. Uh, nothing I can do about the playoffs. My uh, team fell apart at the end. Don't, don't get him started, Brenda. All right. And in uh, and in Adenu, our incredibly complex fantasy baseball league, I, um, I've, I'm beating him there too. And I have no delusions. At the end, he will beat me in the playoffs again. Probably because that's that's what he does. I mean, Mike has the luxury of, of time. <laughs> he plans for this shit months in advance he does his research he's uh incredibly frustrating to be in a fantasy league with because he's yeah. always really the good only, yeah the only chance you have is if you're in the the home run only lead and i that's thought he was it is he's number one in that but he hasn't won or lost a point in like three weeks <laughs> oh he just hit a million home runs in the beginning yeah mm-hmm. he just hasn't moved i did not sign up for the dinger vault Oh. The Dinger Vault. Um, uh, I drafted a bad team, and I've been in 18th since like the first day, <laughs> and I really haven't tried to do anything about it. I was happy to get five dollars to be in the Dinger Vault. I think it's extremely funny to say Dinger Vault. Uh, it is very funny. But I drafted poor. I I drafted 18th out of 20. My uh, uh slim pickings, and um. And maybe it would have been possible to find a way. I don't know. doesn't matter. Point is, uh, I'm getting my ass handed to me and I'm not having fun. Um, But I'm not really paying attention either. So no skin off my ass. In the in in the in the uh, the the Autonomy League. um, Can't even say it. This guy can't even say the league. Wait, what's this one? It's uh, Autonomy. Autonomy. Uh, I would think well, Noi we were, is the way they pronounce the the Krautrock band is Noi. I don't know what to say to that, Mike. You're you're wrong. 
I suspect. Well, it's also the, not about the, the alt rock band. The, like, I'm sure no. you're right about that. <laughs> alt rock. What did you say they were? Folk Kraut rock. Kraut rock. Come on, you gotta be fucking kidding me. I'm not gonna say that word. What am Kraut? I? What is this? What? World War Two. You can say Kraut. That's, that's the I, name of the genre. Invading Berlin. Oh, that is the name of the genre. Yes, and also you it's can insensitive. say Kraut. You can say anti-white ethnic slurs. Yeah, we talked about this earlier. Australian, yeah, when you said the, when that. you said that you can call any Australian whatever you want, that's right. But uh, Noi and the it's the the, uh, the 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 league itself is named after the baseball player. Yes, it's Otto New. Okay. I'm go- and and Otto is a pretty German first name. I got to tell you, uh-huh. I, I, I'm gonna go ahead and say that his name is Otto Noi. Okay. The guys, the guys who created the league have a podcast. And and they 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 call it auto new. Can I tell you? Uh, you don't I, care. <laughs> I don't. I don't. <laughs> you don't care. Well, they're wrong. I, <laughs> okay, they're wrong. I nobody um, else is wrong about this. I I do. There's sometimes where someone tells me the way that they uh, like pronounce their name, and I'm just like, I I think you should do it differently. It's like, no, you don't. Um, <laughs> there was I I knew. Uh, this one girl and her last name was K W E D uh, R I S, and I always thought it was like a silent W. I always assumed it was like Kaderis, and that she said it's it's Quitteris, and I'm just like, I don't think that's I don't think that's good. You've never heard of the Quitteris? Quit. It should be it should be Kaderis is the is the is the more charitable pronunciation of that name. Maybe would you be better able to find it? Is that what you're saying? No, it's got, <laughs> silent, it's got a silent consonant in there, which you know uh, we don't do especially well with in this country. <laughs> just trying to drag the drag the podcast down. <laughs> we just dragged like, this to the goal line. We like, lost a half an hour. I don't know what to do now. I don't know how long we've yeah. been recording. They're just but trying to drag it to the like, late uh, show gets <laughs> we get gets a little talk blue. show levels of immaturity. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't know why I thought about it, but I just I I immediately just went to uh, anytime anyone talks about like something uh, being inappropriate, I think about Johnny Knoxville telling an anecdote about Chris Pontius. And he's just like, it doesn't matter where he is. He's just always himself. Well, we can be at some dinner like with, you know, like producers and all that. And he'll just be sitting there and just going, yeah, you know, the girl with the hairiest beaver I ever saw. There's new I follow Chris Pontius on Instagram and he's been selling knives for some time. Oh, you guys ever watched the basketball vert? That is very weird. Hey. And do you guys Game ever watch Zones. the basketball version of Red Iron Hearts? I've seen it. Yeah. Game I've, of Zones. I've, the only reason I have laughed at those, I find them funny occasionally. It's yeah. Okay. I, I, as, I, as long as I'm not, I wanted to basically know that, like, would I be laughing at this Great Iron Heights shit if I knew more about football? And then I would feel really bad about myself. Not really. <laughs> Okay. Uh, Game of Zones is better, but not good. Um, no, it's, I wouldn't all say it's good. like eleven but... minutes long. 
And we just, I'm not going to do that. If it's no, not about Hugh Jackman, I'm not yeah, going to watch an 11 minute. Yeah. I'll watch any 11 yeah. to 13 minute Hugh Jackman video where he teaches me confidence and um, how to uh, really just assert myself in a conversation. Uh, but I will not watch 11 minutes of uh, Game of Thrones jokes about basketball. Number one, because I've seen f- like six hours of Game of Thrones combined. Um, I'm unfamiliar with all the jokes. I don't know who these people are. But you know what's also funny is that with the NFL, um, I I am for some reason there's just there's just some things. There's too many teams, is what it is. Thirty two is too many fucking teams. And there will be a guy who That's is true. like you know pro bowler, whatever, could be like the second best player on his team. And like I just like I've never heard of this person. I don't know who he is. I don't know what he does. At this point, I know I can I could probably uh, name you the like the top twenty players in the NFL. Despite watching it just about every week, I don't I I beyond that I'm I'm not a hundred percent sure. I definitely couldn't even close. I can name like, plenty. No. I still like, I still watch the NFL. I can name plenty. Though yeah. what I run into is like I'm a 49ers fan and I don't know like any of the 49ers. <laughs> Like they'll they're just like oh middle linebacker this guy's like who the fuck is that oh and he's the star he's a pro bowler that's uh, I uh, must have I, been a backfill I am you know uh, uh uh a Cowboys fan for to to you know for all extents to the purposes. grave but like I there there's I like if if you want me to name like the Cowboys like starting uh defense like if you want me to name all 11 of them you can fucking forget it <laughs> i I'm, I'm hard yeah. pressed to name two right now <laughs> i wasn't gonna ask <laughs> i can <laughs> i know leighton vander esch um i'm kind of i can name i can i can name you a bunch of guys who used to be there yeah i can name you a lot of old patriots because i live in new england i live in yeah. boston but like i'm not a patriots fan i'm not an anybody on the NFL fan. So yeah, I, I, I like some individual players. This is pretty much it. Yeah. If somebody came up to me and asked like, what do you, if, if they like, again, I, I, I know the Cowboys took a linebacker from Penn state, but I've forgotten his name. If someone came up to me, like I, I also don't own any cowboy stuff at this point, but let's just, let's say if, uh, like somebody comes up to me in the street, just like, yeah, how about, what do you think about it? What do you think about whatever? And I would just be like, yeah, I'll tell you who I like is uh, that win. That is uh, Dexter. <laughs> like, Dexter Coakley. How remember that guy? How about that? I gotta go. And just like <laughs> I'm like, I I like I remember I really remember 2002. Um, and I'm happy to talk about the 2002 Cowboys for as, as long as anybody wants. But um, as far as anything that happened this season, or uh, I'm not I'm not clear on that. How about Matt Castle? That would he was there be, for like a whole season. Okay, he was good. Remember, he was pretty good. Actually, you remember that yeah. he was he was all right. He was pretty good. He anyway. was good on the he was good on the Patriots. Yeah. I think he was cooked by the time he was a Castle. That was the name. There was that show called Castle. He wasn't on. That wasn't about. He that. wasn't on. Not the same guy. Hey, oh. Fuck. So you mentioned Game of Zones, uh, Liam, and I've been. I deserve this for a while. To can uh, I, hang on. Yes, can Michael. I say season six? Episode seven. Yeah. And this is from 2019, so it's not even going to be current. It's not. This is back when they thought okay. Brad Stevens was still a genius. Well, 
when the fans still thought Brad Stevens was still a genius. The uh, shine hasn't really fallen off the apple yet for ownership. This is uh, Brad Stevens' channel's pop. Hey, to hey, fix the I will say, season. we'll say really quick, really quick. Brad Stevens knew not to hire a rapist. Who hired a rapist? Oh, the, the Blazers. Blazers and, and the, well, it was funny the because Mavericks. the two people, the two people, yeah, Jason Kidd and Chauncey Billups, <laughs> spotty pasts. It's like I these are, this is the Sophie's choice you've given Dame Lillard. <laughs> Which guy do you that you've never met would you like to take shit on the internet for, Dame? Which guy would you like to say? Which guy do you want to sit up here and say I got what I wanted? <laughs> They made oh, me fire man. the other guy, and then they gave me what I wanted. Chauncey Billups. All right. Brad Stevens channels pop to fix the Celtics season. All right. When you sign with the Spurs, your soul and your personality are put into the box. There we will. Why is Greg Popovich like that? He's the, he's the Night King. I get that. Yeah. I'm I'm at least I'm aware of the Night King, if nothing else. But what? But like, because he's older. It's because he. It's because they can't be killed. Spurs. Brad Stevens has been turned into a Greg Popovich monster. For those I who said can't it, watch I along. said it about Gridiron Heights, and I will say it about this. I know that like it takes a certain. Presented by State Farm. Fuck Jesus, off. Fuck off. That it takes a certain thick skin fuck. to be to be this in the Bill Simmons bullshit. God damn it. That has to to be in the <laughs> Bill Simmons in, is a Clippers fan. To, <laughs> sick of hearing about this motherfucker. To be in the public eye and to like have a public facing job, especially like where you have to sit in press conferences, all that, you have to have a pretty thick skin about things. However, if I were a professional athlete or a coach or whatever, and I saw myself in this, I would fucking lose it. I would be so angry. I would be displeased. Well, depending on the portrayal, I, I, it's not that bad. I'd probably find a way to laugh about it. Pop would have never lost control of this house, Spurs of the East. Lucky for you, there's one last road trip before the tournament starts. I suggest you find a way to get our knights on the same page. Or else, you would never. This city loves me. Like they love the king in the fourth? Get it done. Let's go, baby! Game of zones! Don't make me do this, Brandon. Could you maybe, Liam, try and say what Boston Celtic is talking? Let's flex your knowledge a little bit. Like, they're, it's it's cutting very fast. Yeah. Also, they all have their numbers on them, and they're all like... Okay, like, can you... I was kidding, I was kidding. Well, I don't know, man. <laughs> Fuck. Oh, there's Darren Baines, who I have resembled at times. So it's like a Spurs culture thing. I didn't want it to come to this, but there's too much talent here in this room for us to be treading water in the fourth seat. The soul box will help us contain our. Oh, oh, this is at the end. This is, this is the end of the Kyrie era. Also makes you dull as dirt. That thing's the reason nobody heard of me in San Antonio. Yeah, that's the reason. <laughs> is this like? We'll do it. Is this supposed to be? A, I want you to there's no jokes here. Like. 
Not really, no. There's there like this. Is, this seems to be like a genuine. No, well, they're, they're, no, the gridiron jokes. Uh, uh, gridiron jokes. Um, no, gr uh, gridiron heights is like a a, a a thirty rock style joke machine, but it's like uh, it's just it's completely relentless. It's nothing but jokes, and that's why it's impossible to parse what's happening. Um, thirty rock, of course, is a bit better than that. Quite uh, uh, thirty rock, real good. Th this seems like a genuine like drama. <laughs> Don't worry, there's only five minutes left. What about you, Kyrie? <laughs> Subjugate the light of my soul to your rectangular prism? <laughs> no way. Can't even commit to next year. Wow, what a leader. Okay, then why don't you do it? Well, I just don't want to jeopardize my mamba mentality is all. Yeah, God forbid you stop shooting 20 footers. <laughs> oh, please, you're one to talk. Oh, I'm Jason Taylor. <laughs> I'm, I'm the very man. Funny. I'm going to be the Guys, come, come on. on. You know what? Clearly, this was a bad idea, okay? You guys are obviously not the Spurs. And I am clearly not Lord Pop. Oh, no, you're not. <laughs> you're Brad Stevens. Yeah. The best X's and O's man I've ever known. Yeah. Nobody can write out of timeout plays like you. Yeah, well, unfortunately, there's no timeout long enough for me to fix all of this team's issues. I'm going to develop a new ulcer from cringe. Who said that? <gasps> the Time Lord. Wait, Time Lord? I thought that was just a nickname. There's a lot of things people don't know about me. Don't get enough minutes. <laughs> Tell me about it. But I'm pretty versatile. I can rebound. I can block. What? Jump in the shark! Jump in the shark! Two million, one hundred and twenty-four thousand, one hundred and twenty-one so views. How does one just stop time? Just asking questions here. It's a magic potion called. So Thirty-eight thousand upvotes on this. Realm since Jason Kidd used it against House Lakers, late in a battle when he had no timeouts left. Exactly. How long are we talking about here? It will last till either you've come up with a way to solve all problems, or thirty-four years, whichever comes first. Why thirty-four? It's the truth. Thirty-four is the truth's number. <gasps> you guys worse than Dwayne Wade. Actually, no. That's just how much soda I have. All right, you've got this, Lord Commander. Yeah! You're Brad Stevens. You're, You're the smartest genius. in the We realm. know you can do this, Lord Commander. Are you all mad? Do you really think he could just come up with some magical out-of-time-out play that can to fix all of our chemistry issues? Yeah, you know what? I do. <laughs> you had both of your hands on your head! Yeah. I broke him. Time Lord, ready when you are. There's still two Time. minutes left. Time? Yeah, well... <laughs> Liam's just gonna to, leave. I told you not to make me do this. You look like you've aged 30, 40 years. Yep. So you... You didn't... Nope. So what's all that? Mostly just gibberish. Gave up 20 years ago, actually. What's that? <sighs> Alright. I've got some good news. And some bad news. Bad news first. Lucky... Got frozen in time with me. The soda spilled on him. Oh no. What have I... Unfortunately for Lucky, he swore a blood oath to always perform during timeouts. Obviously, never thinking he will. But he kept performing. Right. Doing those wacky dunks. Man, was he funny. Who is By year two, 
He was mostly performance possibly stuff that could be done from a chair, like what is balancing bowls. I can't think of a single Celtics fan I know well who would enjoy this. I mean, it's it's for Lakers fans it who just, want to shit all over. I am sitting here. I, I am that. I am watching Game of Zones. I am like cackling like the like the the movie theater scene in uh, in Cape Fear. Uh, <laughs> All nice of my pets, all of my pets are dead on the floor, and the the, the, <laughs> the police are outside. What's the good news? Well, I came up with a few pretty clever inbound plays that might get us to the second round. Oh God! Brando. Hell yeah! That no. That's so, exceptional. When you least expect it, you won't know where or when. <laughs> Better or worse than Great Iron Heights? Oh, it's much worse. worse. <laughs> it's substantially worse. Great Iron Heights, at least, like, they're, like, they, I mean, they, they keep, it's snappy. You know, uh, the, the jokes aren't really good, but, like, I, uh, I, like, there's, there's jokes. Like, I understand, like, they're, they're, they're not funny, but, you know, they, I, 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 they're not funny to me. I, I, like, uh, they're not funny, Mike. Again, Stop sports. Comedy, I mean, I don't know. It's just not. Again, I, like, as I said, as I've said when we discussed it before, sports are inherently funny, but sports comedy uh, doesn't work. Not for like, you. Not when it's forced. No. Oh, but it doesn't work for me. But I, when, when I, you. but when I, but when I, when I give the most charitable possible uh, <laughs> description of the show, when I say that, like they they the, like they might be funny, and you just went, no, they're not. So, <laughs> no, so uh, it's. I mean, it's better sports comedy than uh, Ben Simmons passing up a an open dunk. But um, that's tragedy. No, and not. you're just you're just trying to hurt me. Yes, I am. <laughs> that was just he's looking for blood. No, like the the Pat Beverly ejection, like like that's uh like so like when that's you hilarious. Get, yeah, when you yeah. see something genuinely ridiculous like that, and I again I defended Pat Beverly. I said that um I I I I really like him because he's like that. Everyone's like this is he's disgusting. This is a disgrace. Yeah. I don't like, mind Pat Bev at all. He's an irritant. He, that's yeah. His job description during uh, Lonzo's first game with the Lakers, Pat oh, Beverly yes, like yes, stu- yes, yes. stood. He like stood outside the locker room, just like screaming, "Like where is he?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then they played him, and he was all over his ass. And then at the end of the game, in his media availability, he said, "Weak ass motherfucker." <laughs> <laughs> that's the, the the he takes it upon himself to do that and like i i saw somebody saying like best part of the playoffs is when pat beverly goes home and just like he's he makes the league better by being like this no i love i love knuckleheads big fan of knuckleheads yeah and that is exactly what he is first team all defense that like, he uh, cool knuckleheads at least and yeah. and that, like sorry go I, ahead I like like I was saying um, in on on Discord the other day when we were t- talking about villains, um, mm. uh, despite my uh, dislike of Trey Young, and I'll I'll soften on that. It's, it's it's because I've been personally aggrieved by him. It's that I can't see the joy of it. Like if it's fair, if, if if that Knicks series had happened to any other team, it would have been much funnier to me. <laughs> 
if if that series of events today, like like all right uh, again like had that happened to laker fans and like they were the ones getting shushed the entire time and losing it completely and just like throwing garbage at him like it would have been like i would i would have yeah. been like yeah he's I mean, so fucking cool they basically yeah they basically got that at the hand of devin booker but they had excuses built in because of the injuries so yeah <laughs> but um uh i was saying that um that i've i've always gravitated towards the the like the, the true psychos um in sports because i'm like especially with uh uh defensive guys because i'm like i i feel like through hard work you can become bruce bowen or you can become pat beverly like obviously there's some natural skill there like there has to be to get at that level but like i'm like you can't practice your way to being kobe bryant or kevin durant like you can probably like with the requisite like you know baseline physical talent like you you could probably work your way to becoming Pat Beverly. Yeah, and like yeah. that's what no, it was, I, and I, I I'm like so so I so I like that, and I also uh, very much enjoy uh, his attitude towards everything. I said he's it lives his life like a seagull. I'm just like <laughs> it's just just extraordinary, like rude and violent and constantly screaming. <laughs> And um and and I I really enjoy everything about it. No, he, he's 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 awesome. I'm a big fan. That's where Ben Simmons, Brendan Ben Simmons could change everything if uh he just became uh, weirder uh or more ridiculous. Because everyone's like, oh yeah, he, like he's uh he, he can't do anything but defend and just like well that, uh, but he like lets that weigh on him and he gets scared. Whereas if he just like if he was just screaming all the time, if he were just, if he were insane, which anyone can go insane. He would like, have been more useful in the fourth quarter. If he just threw like a fucking haymaker at Trey young and knocked him out. Yeah. If and then they're just uh, like, all right, you got to go home, Ben Tyrese he Maxey has full, to play now. Yeah, if he were if just he like spitting when, bro. yeah, if <laughs> yeah, yeah. Ben Simmons needs to be like, like constantly like have like a, a, a bloodied face and like screaming. Um, uh, I think that like that that would it, and that, that's like a rallying point instead of him and everyone just being like, oh my god, he's he's terrified out there. The like Sixers are going to end doesn't up know what to do with the ball. They're going to end up with D'Angelo Russell, <laughs> and I'm going to. I seem to furious. I seem to recall a lot of Sixers fans wanting to see D'Angelo Russell on draft you know, night with Ben Simmons. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> I don't know what uh, I, want. I don't, I don't know, know what, what I want to happen from this. Maybe, maybe uh, he doesn't just get terrified and shrink away from spotlights. Um, the, my big thing is that he just doesn't like care. He doesn't really care. I'm sure that he cares about this now, but he definitely didn't care before. Oh, this is the Tony Romo argument. Well, no, I, like he's never like. Everything he was good at when he got drafted, he's now exceptional at. Yeah. And he's that was not, all fully formed. For the most part, yeah. I mean, I think he's better conditioned than he was in college. Um, he's like he, yeah, he could he, he could play 48 minutes. Um, I don't want him to now. <laughs> don't really don't really need him out there for 48 minutes. Um but yeah, and he's a better defender than he was in college. But like, those are the things he's just like good at already, and he just got better at them. But nothing that he was 
bad at when he got drafted did he get any better at? He is no he's a worse shooter. Like like you see his form, like he shot threes in college. His hand was under the ball. He snapped his wrist. Now it's, it's like it's really funny that even by accident he wouldn't have gotten slightly better at these things. Wild. Like like he goes to practice every day. Right. I, well, they like, must I always make think him... of like guys at his talent level and like you can argue about how talented or not talented he is, but like where he was drafted in college, after college I mean, at number 1. Nobody said a word. He was the number one pick, like absolutely yeah, nailed down. It's, it's so funny when he's just like, yeah, I got some things to work on in the off season and just like <laughs> three years. Right. And then you, <laughs> but then you think of like LeBron James or Kobe Bryant and you can't compare everybody to those guys. No, it's everyone, just not fair. Everyone's not the same, but, but like same- most professionals in the NBA, they try and every off season come back with one new tool. It doesn't have to be and like game changing, but one no, new thing. Nobody ever fucking asked you to learn how to shoot. Ever as a professional basketball player, what do you do during shoot around? Yeah, it just what are you doing? Like even that's what I mean. Like there, there's every day you get up and you go to the 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 training facility, and they just never said like you got to get better. Well, here's the thing. This is gonna sound. I've said versions of this before. This sounds vaguely like a a sports radio talking point if I don't couch it correctly. So I'm going to do my best not to. He's been at such a high level since he was of any notice, like since like whatever the Australian version of AAU is. And like, um, he has probably never thought that this would ever be hard basketball because it never has been. It wasn't hard. It was never hard. It wasn't hard for him in college, even though his team didn't do well. The team doing poorly wasn't really his fault. And all this, none of the draft prognosticators seem to count any of his team's issues against him. I mean, like, and that's, that's common in that, in that sort of stuff, because there are too many variables that go into uh, NCAA bullshit. Um, No, no, you're right. This is the, this is basically what happened now. And now it's hard. And he has no idea because he never expected it to be hard. And he's just like deer in headlights. It's like, no, yeah, it's what happens when like in in youth sports, when you have a six foot 12 year old, you know, and and in in, in any sport. And it was just like they're just bigger than everybody else. Like you'll see it when you even when you watch Little League World Series. Like you just have like there, uh, you'll you'll see what you would assume like to be a bunch of you know regular twelve or thirteen year olds, and then you just see one who is three feet tall, and just like (laughs) no, he's also twelve years old though. Like he has every right to be here, but (laughs) like there's just those gigantic differences. Like uh and um. Yeah, like it, you know, there that around like sixth, seventh grade gym class is always funny for that. Like, there's just incredible physical differences between kids who just haven't quite hit that like sort of spurt. And for and somehow that was the first eighteen years of Ben Simmons' life. Although didn't he end up in Florida? He, I think he didn't he go to like uh, a, so like no, a, American prep. Uh, no, no, no. I, I mean, like in high school. I think like very a, briefly. Yeah, for I think he like went to an American like prep school high school. He just so, like yeah. nobody's but, like, ever for a year, but like, even then, like that's you know when when you're Ben Simmons, even the you know elite prep school circuit is probably not that much of a challenge. 
You know, like no. Dolphins, well, I, mean, I don't even think Zion NBA, was especially if, troubled in high school. Even in the NBA, the big problem was that like he didn't like it'd be nice if he could shoot from eight feet out. Like that would be very nice and it would change his game. But like even in the NBA, like if you put like a guard on him, he's going to beat him off the dribble and could probably get pretty close to the rack uh, to make some sort of shot at the basket against most NBA defenders. Like he's faster than 80% of the NBA, the guys trying to defend him in the NBA. Yeah. Yeah. But we need him to do that. (laughs) Like he was just, wasn't, he doesn't even have to like go in and score. He can just like do a lot of what Trey young was doing. And obviously they have to defend him a little differently because they know he's not going to pull up and shoot, but like taking it to the bat, like, making a drive through the lane and then whipping it out to a three-pointer. Well, like, that's su- his job, and he wasn't su- even doing that. I support a uh, a future where Ben Simmons learns to just hit floaters all the time. I think that would be delightful. That would be great. He's, he's uh, yeah, it's literally it's, all he needs to do consistently. All he has to do. Yeah. If he could hit, like, like a foul <laughs> line, like, do, like make another three-point line, but do it from the foul line. He's like, I need you to be able to hit a floater from there. And your your life will get so much easier. He just like nobody had ever. It seems to me like nobody had ever openly dared Ben to beat them before. Like in a way he wasn't completely comfortable with. Like he's controlled yeah. the game defensively. He's yeah. controlled the games on the like like I'm sure when he was younger, just like backing people down and like boxing out and just like physically controlling a game. But then just going like, yeah, I'm gonna give you two shots every time you guys have the ball, and like good luck, Ben. I. Nobody had ever done that to him before. And he just the, like doesn't want the spotlight on him for something he's not great at. All this being said, like the talking about his development and all that, like he's been with the Sixers for four years. Like at four all playing years, yeah. That's from a coaching perspective, like they they failed him. Well, that's just the Sixers that, way, baby. Yeah, but like that, like these deficiencies yeah. have probably been all obvious to anybody watching tape on this. So, but like, and then like must would... be like, like, and they're like they're playing style, and like ba- basically, like it just got swept under the rug for four years, and now, like, n- and now it's a problem. I mean, like, I guess it technically he, always has been. You, and maybe the weight of expectations have gone up over time, but like this is all things that easily could have been addressed over time. Everybody saw it in the playoffs in like a big way, but if you look at him like in a smaller, like game by game sample size during the regular season, like when things don't go his way, he shuts like mold. You can shut down multiple facets of his game by taking like one big thing away from him. Alvaro Morata. You'll just, he'll just like you saw it in the playoffs. The rest of his game just like completely freezes. That was, um, no, uh, Spain's. Alvaro Morata, that's that that's like what gets said about him. Um, they were talking about it on second captains and about uh Seth Fabregas was doing commentary for for BBC and they were talking about all Morata's like r- ridiculous misses and all just terrible uh you know shots on goal. Um and Fabregas was talking about him and saying, like, you know, I I, I know Alvaro, we've played together. Um and and that's when you would usually expect someone who knows him personally and uh, especially, you know, a, a sort of like a professional courtesy sort of thing to back him in those situations. And he goes and he's got to be scoring those because he gets like he he will miss like that and he gets down on himself and it just becomes like a feedback loop. <laughs> and and like that's, mm. you know, it's 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 funny that that can happen to professionals because that's that's what happens to me during playing golf. <laughs> um, But but no, I mean, like that's the the thing is it's that 
it seems to mentally be affecting him bad like that that he's just because there he now has this reputation and i think he is probably correctly afraid of feeding into it by doing things that he knows that he's not great at i mean yeah i i don't disagree with any of that that's it, that, it, i think that's it right there he's just yeah it's like i won't uh, yeah i won't dance at weddings <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. It's the same thing. You never, you never I know. I know be better. And like, if I do, it's like, and and people can see in my face. It's under duress. I have the uh, the cream colored Philadelphia 76ers Ben Simmons jersey. Well, look, um, I uh, you can sell jerseys. That that's a weird, but that's also jerseys are a weird sort of thing for me. I feel like you. Um, you only have to hold on to them for like six or seven years and they all come back the other way for the most part, unless they're like violent, you know? Yeah. But yeah. Uh, for, for me, it's like, I I think um, I would probably always buy jerseys of role players because oh, those yeah, are the, those the are the guys that are always remembered fondly. Like yeah. um, my older brother had a Bobby Hoying jersey. Well, Bobby Hoying, uh, Gallo wasn't had a, a role uh, player, but like no, really no, good he, one to crack out of the, Bobby, the the closet after six years. I think Bobby Hoying was the quarterback from the Eagles, Eagles yeah. that replaced. Uh, I want to say Denver. Randy Pete. I think I think Randy Pete was the Eagles starter, and he got hurt, and Bobby Hoying got brought in, and I he I, I think wow. he was uh, actually quite good for Ohio State. Um, was it well, like a Foles taken over for Wentz the, situation? Uh, that's no, what they wanted, no. but this was these were bad Eagles the teams. 90s these were really dropped. <laughs> like the these, these were really bad Eagles teams. But uh, but Gallo also has a, a Bobby Hoying jersey, and but no, and he's just like he's one of those guys that's just like immediately start laughing when you mention his name, just because like he yeah he was and also you know uh get me in trouble with Joe here, but he was also a white quarterback replacing a black quarterback. So I think a lot of Eagles fans are pretty excited about that, (laughs) (laughs) but it, that didn't work out. Um, and then none of the, and none of the, neither Detmer worked out, um, neither Ty nor Coy. Um, they, I disagree. Like they're, they weren't like superstars or anything, but like each guy, each one of those Detmers, when asked to like do a job, did it very well. I have this very oh, wait, distinct now, you memory. know what? No, you're right. I remember being, I remember being losing frustrated, my fucking mind that Coy Detmer was playing as well as he did. I remember there was like a game where the Eagles McNabb went out, and I think it was Ty who came in to replace him, and the Eagles were up like ten nothing in the first quarter, and then McNabb. Well, you know, went Ty out. Detmer had all the passing records at BYU for a long time. And I was just like, oh, hell yeah, 10 nothing is like, this is the first quarter. We're getting the fucking, fucking backup Mormon. quarterback in. Fast forward to the end of the third quarter where it's like 44 to 10 Eagles. And Ty Detmer is doing this. Like oh, a big like, uh, cowboy oh, motion I, I, and I, just like I, whipping I, the air after he ran in a touchdown. And it's like, what? Is Coy Detmer's doing this to us? By the way, it's th- there's those things you don't know that you know. And then it's like, yeah. And then I somebody's doing a and, cowboy and then, dance and, on and, Zoom, and or it's, but no, that like Ty Detmer came up and just like, yeah, he had all the passing records at BYU, and just like, <laughs> like how the I'm fuck like, did you roll that off. I'm like, I don't, 
like, I don't, I'm like, I don't know anything about college football. <laughs> Mike used to know how to do the formula for compound interest, but now he, you know, he needed space <laughs> in his brain. That's I got right. Too much space occupied by no, you, directors. you know, I actually, it, was, stats and shit. it was a, it was a big <laughs> deal to me to be able to name like, it, like name an NFL player and I could name their college. Uh, me and our, our our friend Mike Navinger would just sit there and just quiz each other as just as far as we could go, just at, like just sitting in my basement, just back and forth for as long as we could, just naming players and naming what college they went to. And um and, and for some reason, like th there's some that like have stuck with me. OCU Minora Troy, but like <laughs> hell yeah, Demarcus Ware also went to Troy. They only played together for one year though. And again, I don't I can, know why I can do that with NBA role players to some extent, not the schools <laughs> they went to because I don't know shit about shit, but like random NBA journeyman dudes who like went to eight teams. It's like, yeah, I can probably name five of the teams. John Salmons was on. Yeah. Do you that... know who John Salmons is? Doubt it. <laughs> do you need to? No, yeah. no you Nor don't. Yeah. It's um, it's something my friend uh, said to me uh, when, again, I wasn't attending Rutgers. I was just living there. He was attending Rutgers. And he was an engineering student and I went in his room and he had a just eight and a half by 11 like blank sheet of paper that had been filled out with just just as tightly packed math equations. And I just looked at it and just like, I don't know what any of this means. And he said, nor should you. And, and, <laughs> and I'm like, that's I'm like that. All right. That's a fair enough answer. I'm like, I'm, I'm satisfied with that. And now I don't even have to bother to pretend to be interested. But that's uh, no na name. Uh, yeah, for uh, up until maybe the 2008 NFL draft, I could probably tell you where any uh, uh, NFL player of note um, and many others that were not uh, went to college. And I, I've since uh, lost that skill completely. You got to keep working on it. I can do the same, but with the show lost. <laughs> Oh yeah, that's worthless me to me. Too. I also love loss. Well, now I'm in the minority. Now, now I'm that. Yeah, now who's the fool? I'm gonna get yeah. fired from the show and replaced by Mike <laughs> Whalen, and and this is gonna become a lost podcast. Oh uh, well, no, probably not. I've been reading. Uh, I've been. I've been reading his reviews of lost episodes on Strava. I don't think Brendo and Whalen could get over x number of fantasy sports related beefs if they could put that to one side enough. they could probably talk about television for some time <laughs> um i'm sure we could put it to one I'm, side i think I'm you could positive. have you, the, I, two, the two of you I, could have a I delightful television it. podcast I don't believe it i don't know I, I i think i think it would be a good television podcast that would be intermittently interrupted when mike says uh you fucked over the young pope's in week 16 because you remembered to claim uh fucking i don't know chris boucher off of waivers <laughs> i rode chris boucher for like 15 weeks he was he was good he was a great fantasy player last year what um what is the name of mike i'm, I'm open to... to the idea by the way mike whalen just in case you're listening i'm open to the idea <laughs> I actually, my thing that I've wanted to do, but I, I want a third person, <laughs> his, in all honesty, is I want to do a Survivor podcast. His, it's the worst, best show of all time. But the, uh, just talking about the young Pope reminded me of uh, Mike Whalen's character, uh, Lenny the Pope who balls. <laughs> is, 
I it's those combination of that that combination of words is very very satisfying to me because I I <laughs> when I posted the new the alleged new New England Revolution uh crest um in Ed's Bruins beat Discord and Mike just got Lenny the Pope <laughs> balls is four times better than this. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, all right, boys. I think we're gonna leave it here. Um, Liam, what is going on with the illegal screen? What's? Uh, well, we have been. Uh, it's funny you guys are like. Well, we took a three week break, so this must be a new season. Yeah, that's. We just keep going. <laughs> when we you just keep we just... doing three week break breaks, right? Right. Yeah. Oh my god, I can't speak <laughs> I anymore. Well, we we took. Um, I mean. What we stopped for basically the the peak of COVID, we just stopped because were like I didn't there, care. There was that, and then there yeah. was the there was the protests and all that, and it just felt very unimportant to do the show for like five months. It was just like, what the, are we gonna do? Like, the, not, like yeah. this doesn't like no, no one wants to hear us talk for, about this. For, for us, it was doing the show intermittently it was a way of staying sane, but like. The most we like we we've never been more than like a bi-weekly and we know that like we have we both have like he's a dad i have a full-time job and my life's went to hell for literally two of the last five like four months so as as stated by the recent i'm not living in a hotel anymore Thing. yeah it's a bleak uh, sentence but a lot um, of implications anyway in that sentence. so yeah but n- no sorry um lest anyone thinks i was living in a hotel because i got like divorced or something i no. yeah like, <laughs> all good on that front royal tenenbaum over here <laughs> basically that's by the that's one of my one of my favorite jokes in any movie just like how long are we staying indefinitely i'm being sued for divorce <laughs> is it's fantastic it's good it's it's one of my it's one of my favorite wes anderson's even though i'm not a big fan of his anyway (laughs) we are finally about to put out a new fucking episode um a three-parter because it was so fucking long that there was no way to do it we never put out three that's that's something. Mike, How Mike, long was it? I don't know that I've ever the encountered rough, any three-part podcast. The rough cut of it is was like two hours and 48 minutes. Oh, I think we've released individual episodes. Or though. <laughs> well, we've re- we released an individual episode that was way more than two once, but this, this one was like, it had enough structure that we could split it up with like, there's a through line for all of it. But anyway... The topic is, among other things, the idea of what would happen if we had the idiosyncratic action film director John Milius of Conan the Barbarian fame, what he would be like directing a Marvel movie. And then just going into all the fucking bullshit that comprises uh, what superhero movies have turned into. And then somehow getting around to talking about the Houston Rockets, the Houston Astros, and briefly, Bar Rescue. It's incredible. It's incredible to me that you can ever remember what your podcast is about. I I forget every single thing I say the (laughs) second this show ends, and I never listen back to it. As soon as I hit end, I've forgotten. 
half the time I don't listen through them before I post them because I just know like it's okay. Um, and then I'll have to text Mike and be like, what do we, what do I say? Well, lucky for you <laughs> today, um, we lost like 20 minutes in the middle. So basically the second you stopped it and the second you restarted it is exactly where you want to be. Not true. I got to put it in the fucking Celtics thing. Oh, well, <laughs> you fool. <laughs> or to quote one of my favorite characters, reveal your own ignorance. Jesus. They didn't even give grades yet. It's been five days. <laughs> All right. Listen I don't to ask there to be any video involved in this show. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, all right hug your own grave fuck Let's... you wait aren't you starting your own podcast now yeah i don't really know what to do i'm waiting for mike whalen to get back to me about that i asked him i told him to take his time oh well hey all right listen to the illegal screen uh yes. join our discord thank you um etc etc bye bye august august 11th my uh mm-hmm. soccer show about players hair and num- and shirt numbers and calves uh is coming out you um should, you should try and like like what level of it sounds like a stalker podcast it's mostly about <laughs> <laughs> like what you level of said it was stalking. About numerology it's 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 a partially it's a numerology podcast it is it's built to be incomprehensible it is <laughs> right on brand and it's like Finnegan's uh, wake it's not a it's not a gay no, podcast like so much as a podcast of uh, a list of men i'd like to look like but we're gonna go we're gonna go into that in some depth <laughs> I just gotta we're, say. we're making a we're making a soccer drama podcast that is just to what the as the 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 English term proper football men would just be unacceptable. This is it's not really about the games because here's the thing. There's as it turns out, there's quite a lot of soccer coverage in media. It's a popular game. And I tried to think about be like, the um, world's most popular sport. I've heard al- this allegedly. By the way, it's also funny that like I, I, I've I've just very recently I'm, I'm, I wouldn't say I'm into Formula One, but I'm I'm, I'm putting out uh, I'm open to the concept of Formula One. So I've been watching some Formula One Sunday mornings um, and that like pick a pick a Formula One driver, any random one. And they have like as many Instagram followers as say the Mets. Formula oh. One, so, something that's just like not on our radar radar at all. Just like Lando Nor- Lando Norris, and uh, just like yeah, he's he he alone as a single entity is as popular as the Mets online. I mean, I mean yeah, people love people love Formula One. It turns out, and uh, could could I love Formula One? Maybe we're gonna find Maybe out. You could. So in any case, August thing. August 11th, uh, a soccer show that I don't have a name for, and I don't actually know deep down how much I really want to do, um, but I think I would get some great satisfaction out of it if I really pulled it off. So that's where... <laughs> Mike's having trouble committing. <laughs> well, I don't know. I, I, like, I only care if you care. Like, It's a know. lot. I, 
I think the show could be great, but truth be told, I, I honestly like the idea. Doesn't know shit about soccer at all. Between potential, no, no. you have <laughs> to have an in-depth knowledge of who the fuck he is talking about. No, I know, but I know. but I know. well, not necessarily. <laughs> because you're gonna, well, like, then a lot I going to be like, this motherfucker comes out here wears thirteen. Then I and have his hair's going to look but, like that, and he's going to miss a, a straight-on penalty kick. And I'm telling you, right, just me, come out here, but, me but if I, but if I had someone to explain it to in the uh, uh, in the model of uh, other popular uh, podcasts, like such as uh, the, the Dollop or WrestleSplania, where or one the horror uh, virgin, yeah. So it, it's I would then I have license to just um, go very in depth about something rather than assume that the uh that the audience knows exactly what i'm talking about and that's correct you're right about and that. and if if my audience is just the people who are going to listen to this out of politeness as my friend <laughs> there might need to be some like uh you know backstory on some of this i can't just uh, assume that everybody know. everybody knows everybody you know i approve i uh, posted the godfather uh gif when you explained your show in the discord and it's like i understand <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna see it we're gonna see how it goes i'm gonna try to make some uh uh good sort of uh audio bumps uh i've uh, when someone explains to me how to do something on the computer i like the red mist comes down i just like i my i just go full chimp brain so like i was watching some garage band tutorials and i got really angry um and, but i'm gonna have to i'm gonna have to figure it out so um well while he figures figures it out we're gonna we're gonna go away for a week yeah everyone thanks for listening um download mike's new podcast wrestle you can't it doesn't have no that's a, that is an actual show that 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 show already exists and I'm, i was oh, using that as an I don't, example i don't know what mike was talking about for the last two minutes then don't download wrestle bryson dechambeau is unacceptable <laughs> all right listen to the illegal screen he, have a good night thanks he's, for joining us he's Liam. fired Goodbye. his patty Shut my weaknesses that I can't do much, and my scars remind me that the past is real. I tear my heart open just to fail. Hugh Jackman is one of the most charming people in Hollywood, and the best part about his style of charisma is that once you get it down, it's effortless. Specifically, Hugh has six habits that make him charming to almost anyone he meets. Once you learn a few of these habits, you can go into any conversation with confidence, knowing you'll find it easy to make people smile, laugh, and love being around you. My hunch is you get this a lot. Just seeing your face has lifted my spirits. Your natural sort of sense of self lifts people around you. Do people tell you that? We all have some degree of natural charm when we're comfortable, but we lose this in situations where we feel like we're being judged and need to impress, like in a job interview, a first date, or when meeting a new group of people. So the first trick you can steal from you is to reframe those situations that make you nervous. Here's you explaining how he does this for audition. I used to always go into an audition as though it was a rehearsal. As if they said, look, I think you should sit down in the chair. I'd say, you know, I think the character would stand. And so it wasn't just, you've got all the power and I'm trying to please you but rather we're trying to work together. So for instance, if you find yourself entering a date or an interview feeling pressure to perform or impress, make sure you find time to ask questions designed to see if you like them too. This will reframe the situation in your mind and give you more confidence. Another thing that helps you tremendously is that he's doing something he loves. 
in a way, when I'm on stage, it's probably the most calm I feel. Most people screw this up when they're making plans with someone for the first time, because they try to plan something they think will impress. Instead, make plans to do something you'll enjoy in a setting that will make you comfortable. If you're relaxed and having fun, then you'll feel more confident and you'll perform better. Hugh applies this to everything from athletics to singing to acting, and it's true of conversations as well. He calls it the 85% rule. Here's him describing it on The Tim Ferriss Show. I think they call it the 85% rule. If you tell most sort of A-type athletes to run at their 85% capacity, they will run faster than if you tell them to run 100 because it's more about relaxation and form. This also sets you up well to succeed at the second habit that makes you incredibly charming. He's a master at being contagiously positive. Simply put, people love being around you, Jackman, because he makes them have fun and feel good about themselves. And you can be confident that people will love being around you if you can do the same. This starts with a mindset. Your first goal in social situations should be to have fun yourself. Hugh applies this even in high stakes situations like hosting the Oscars. Uh, when I hosted the Oscars, I was, I was like, wow, man, this is a billion people. And I just thought, okay, whatever you do, just remember, you're a kid from Moronga in Sydney. You're hosting the Oscars. Have some fun. And you can see this in action when Hugh is performing at the Oscars. Notice the audience reaction when he can't help himself from laughing. Fell behind. My Batmobile took longer than I thought to design. The reader. I know I need to see the reader. Hugh has the classic signs of happy confidence, a big smile and a big laugh. But what makes his positivity so contagious is how encouraging he is with other people when they start to join in. Watch how he engages with what this interviewer is saying. My dad loved you, but he never got your name right. He <laughs> what, what, what was it? Stu Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> For Much like, better name. Yeah. He asks her a question, laughs, and compliments the punchline. This is less than 30 seconds into the conversation. Imagine if you were her how this would set a tone for a great interaction. Here's another example from the same conversation where they try to sing together. Note that Hugh is a Tony award-winning singer and she self-admittedly cannot sing. Well, paper, paper peeling, peeling in the corner. Sunset Boulevard, Prison Boulevard, that's it. Very good. She easily could have felt self-conscious, but his high five and encouraging words make her feel good for joining in. If you smile big, laugh loudly, and encourage other people when they become playful, they will love being around you. Now that said, the goal is not to be fake. It's to get in touch with your natural playfulness and positivity. Hugh's next habit actually helps tremendously with this, and it makes you feel more confident and look more confident to the people around you. This may seem counterintuitive, but it's to give yourself permission to admit to emotions beyond happiness. Most people think admitting to certain emotions shows some sort of weakness, but Hugh is confident sharing emotions many men wouldn't be. Saw it in Berlin next to him and I was just weeping. And I was nervous, man. I, I was really nervous. All my head is saying, you're gonna screw this up. <laughs> this is yours to lose, right? The reason this is charming is because everyone has these feelings. So when you share them, people connect with that experience and they respect you because you're sharing something they'd be scared to share. This also helps your confidence because you train yourself to realize there's no emotion you have to hide or pretend you don't feel. And it makes the conversation more effortless because you don't have to worry about pretending to be someone you're not. This ties directly to Hugh's next great habit. He owns his flaws and isn't afraid to talk about them. For instance, here he is talking about being weaker than the guys he worked with when he did a cameo in professional wrestling. When the guy said you hit me like a girl, did you feel emasculated? You're like, don't 
did that to me? Did you get pissed off? No, I, I, he was absolutely right. I'm an actor. Like, if, I, if you hit me, I cry. It's, it's the real world. As another example, listen to him tell a story about when he was cast to play a part in a musical that was outside his vocal range. I said, but I can't sing that. You'll be fine. <laughs> and every night I would go out there. Every night. There was three performances. Every <laughs> night. <laughs> I went out there. Maria, Marie. <laughs> and I would go. And for one last example, listen to him tell this story about his dad and watch for the interviewer's reaction at the end. No matter anything I've ever done, acting-wise, he says exactly the same thing. Hugh, wonderful work. <laughs> Van Helsing, it just really... Van Helsing got terrible reviews, and the fact he's willing to poke fun at it goes over incredibly well with the audience. Now that said, in your own life, it's best if you start with flaws you aren't terribly insecure about rather than stories that highlight your deepest insecurities. Save those for once this becomes something you're very comfortable doing and that you're getting great reactions from. A good place to start is simply being able to laugh when you mess up or make a mistake. I am I got it today. <laughs> One thing that will help you share your flaws charismatically is being a good storyteller. Hugh is particularly good at telling sticky stories. They grab your attention and keep it. He does this by focusing first on saying a hook that builds curiosity. I don't know if I've told anyone this, by the way. Um, anyway, um, wow, this is another story I don't think I've told, but... She did not, oh God, it is an embarrassing story. Start your stories with a hook like that and you can be confident that you will grab people's attention. If you aren't sure how to hook people into your story, a great go-to is to explain why it was a high-stakes situation for you. Here's an example from Hugh. We did four workshops over four years. There were about 80 people with a checkbook in there. Like, so it was, will this or will it not happen based on this one performance? Yeah. Watch how, as he continues to tell the story, he reinforces that this was a high-stakes situation. I had 80 stitches in my nose and I plastered up and said, great, I'm back to rehearsal. I'm going to sing tomorrow. And he goes, the doctor's like, no, 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 you can't sing tomorrow. I, you know, because it may, the stitches may come apart. And I said, you don't understand. This is our make or break. Set your stories up with curiosity and stakes and people will be captivated. Now we can't discuss Hugh Jackman's charm without touching on perhaps his greatest strength of all. He has an incredible ability to make the people around him feel special. One of the best ways Hugh does this is with his oh wow compliment. I would never forgive myself, Gary, if I don't tell you, you are one of the greatest actors to have ever lived. You're one of my inspirations. Oh. You're <laughs> A genuine compliment that feels special is one of the fastest ways to make someone like you. But compliments can go wrong in two ways. If it seems like you're just saying it to be polite or like you're sucking up. In this next clip, notice how Hugh's compliment could have come across as just being nice, but then watch what he does to make it feel genuine. There I was sitting next to one of my heroes, and I'm not just saying that to be nice. I was at drama school watching the John Barton How to Play Shakespeare tapes with, uh, with Patrick playing Shylock, and I thought one day I want to work with him, and there I was. Hugh adds context to the compliment, which makes it obvious he's being real. Here's another great one. You can tell that initially this compliment doesn't mean much to Emily. Listen, don't undersell what you did. Look, there's, Julie Andrews is unbelievable in every yeah. single way. You are unbelievable in every single well, way. No, I mean it. Now watch her reaction as he adds context to the compliment. It's also, you go in as someone who knows musical theater and movie musicals, right. you go in like, 
that's, that's a lot. You've taken on a lot. That's a big part. <laughs> like it's a, and from the opening scene, you just go, ah. Oh, you're the best. By adding context, in this case, that his compliment comes from his own experience in musical theater, he gets Emily to laugh and feel the compliment comes from a real place of appreciation. We've covered compliments in detail in other videos, but just to quickly review, the best compliments will be something you genuinely appreciate about the other person, something the other person takes pride in, and ideally, something they don't hear complimented often. If you can get all three, you'll make someone light up and love you for it. Now that said, delivering that type of compliment might be something you're not comfortable with at the moment. So there's a much easier way to make someone feel special that you can be confident you can pull off in any conversation, eye contact. This is something we've all heard before, and yet many of us don't actually use eye contact correctly, and Hugh is world-class at it. For example, how often do we see celebrities answer fan questions by looking around vaguely at an entire auditorium? Watch what Hugh does instead. Wants to know what was it like for you to say goodbye to that character it was, last uh, year? Jenna, are you there? Yes. Hi, Jenna. <laughs> he gives his full attention to whoever he's speaking to, whether it's an A-list celebrity or an audience member he doesn't know. This is a powerful thing. What most people do is listen with eye contact, but then break it when they're speaking. In our Tom Holland video, we talk about how to spread eye contact around while telling a story to keep an entire group captivated. But what you can learn from Hugh is how powerful it can be to lock in on someone after they've asked you a question. Having the full focus of someone you like feels amazing. And once you start doing the other habits in this video, you may find people even start to ask you questions just to try to earn your undivided attention. Now, hopefully this video has given you the tools to enter any conversation with confidence, knowing how to make anyone have fun and feel good. If social confidence is an area you really want to improve, I recommend checking out our course, Charisma University. It's a step-by-step -step online program guaranteed to make you more confident and charismatic in just 30 days. Over 5,000 people have joined the program, and here's what just a few of them have had to say about it. First, before CU, I sucked at having conversations and I had low confidence around people, but I am way more confident now having gone through the daily action guides, and I can see a big difference in the intention and respect that I get. It makes life so much more fun. I don't think it's an overstatement to say charisma is literally a gateway to getting anything you want in life, so thank you for making Charisma University. Another member wrote, After completing only just a few CU modules, my biggest breakthrough has been gaining more confidence. If you knew me a year ago, you'd see a socially awkward guy, but that same guy had hidden confidence and charisma that has now been unleashed. If you're reading this or listening right now, think about who you want to be in a year. This course will teach you how to be that person. And this last one comes from a guy who says CU helped his dating life. He says, firstly, loving the course. I have cherry picked a few things, for example, the filter lesson in the conversation module. This one lesson completely changed my life. I've liked a girl for a year now, but never thought much of it because I thought she was too pretty. Took your lessons, gave things a shot, and now we're dating. Charisma University also comes with a 60 day money back guarantee, which is 100% for any reason whatsoever. And it's 60 days, even though the course is only 30 days, just so there's no risk on your part. Either you become more confident and charismatic, or you get every penny back. So if this interests you and you want to unlock your confidence and charisma, I highly recommend you click on the link that's on screen now or in the description below to find out more about Charisma University. Either way, I hope that you've enjoyed this video and I hope to see you in the next one.
I'm sorry, but I gotta move. 